tonight. Uh, before we um, get started here, amen, we have a report uh, from our baby work in Chesapeake. And so uh, we're going to do a video report tonight. So let's hear what Pastor Prescott and his wife have to say. Amen. Good evening. My name is Antonio Prescott. Me and my wife, Melanie, pastor the church here in Chesapeake, Virginia. Uh, we took over the work back in September from Pastor Howard and Terry. Uh, did a wonderful work there. Again, I just want to echo that they did a wonderful work there. Uh, the folks that are there or were there, they're very accepting, accepted us in. They're continuing to coming out. So the crew is still there. They're still coming out, doing a, doing a good job. In the light of the recent COVID uh, situations we were not able to have our Easter service that we normally have and we're looking forward to we had great plans for that so like everybody else we adjusted and started doing things online and having things virtually through Facebook and uh, YouTube and so people were uh, responding to that which is a great thing because people in other states have been responding to our sermons and also been uh, helping and giving in that uh, we develop our cash app and availability to be able to give online so that's been a blessing we also recently did a, a drive-in movie situation where we had everybody come in and we showed the movie off the side of the building uh, like they did in the old days and we had a tremendous turnout for that we had over 25 or so people come out for that which was a great thing um, recently we had couples get saved uh, during our last marriage uh, seminar that are still coming and doing pretty good um, so we opened back up based on the, the guidelines that were given by the governor last Sunday and we had one of our new couples come out and uh, with the crew and so that was an awesome time and then this Sunday we opened back up and uh, just a few hours ago we just had our service and we had 29 people in our building and so we just look forward to it looking at the number of people and things to possibly looking for a building and so we're, we're doing some good things over here in Chesapeake people are getting saved you know continue to pray for us as we pray for you y'all be blessed y'all take care amen can you give God praise amen God bless that praise God for that amen continue to pray pray uh, for our baby works amen uh, as we labor they labor can you say amen so continue to pray for them. If you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to kind of take a different angle, slightly different angle uh, tonight. Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 11 through 13. And one woman said this, I, I've never tried to block out the memories of the past, even though some are painful. I don't understand people who hide from their past. Everything you live through helps to make you the person you are now. I want to look at sin tonight, but I want to look at it from a different angle. And my sermon tonight is basically don't forget your sin. Uh, oftentimes, amen, you know, we, we come out of sin, God saves us, and, and automatically, most times, we want to just forget about what we were. But I want to present to you tonight that there's a danger in that. Because if you forget what you were, you may end up being what you were. That if you start forgetting what God saved you from, 
If you start forgetting what God has brought you out of, if we start forgetting, amen, all the wonderful things and all the miracles and, and, and how we were at one time wretched and on our way to a devil's hell now to be born again and alive in spirit and in body on our way to a Savior's heaven. How many know we can't forget our sin tonight? And I want to present this to you, that you should remember your sin. Out of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11, the Bible tells us this, Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are, called uh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you were once far off, but have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Amen. Don't forget your sin tonight. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you. God, I give you all the praise and glory. I thank you for all that you're doing in our midst, God. And I pray, and I pray, God, let revival break out. But I pray tonight, God, let us remember, God, that we may testify and shout your glory. Let us always remember what you have brought us from so that it will always be a testament to your power. We thank you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen tonight and amen. Don't forget your sin tonight. Let's look at the warning of sin. Experience is sometimes the best teacher. And in dealing with sin, we can learn a thing or two from the sins we have committed through our lives. Ephesians 2 and 12, what I just read to you, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. Listen to these words, having no hope and without God in the world. Paul urges the Ephesian church to remember what they were without Christ and remember what you became because of sin. In other words, we must keep account of those things which had us in bondage. Can somebody say amen? amen. The perversion, immorality, drugs, drinking, the list goes on and on. But we must remember those things because we have to remember the consequences of those things. Galatians 4.9 tells us this, but now, after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? The Galatians, amen, forgot how enslaved they really were. And we can fall into the same trap. See, it kills me at times. People who say they were bound to certain things, and then they go right back as if they forgot how bound they were. Huh? It's like when you say I was bound to media. I was bound to me. I could not get off the Internet. And then we get saved. And you say, you know what? Okay, now I just watch Christian things. Listen to me. If you're watching it for hours on end, you still may be bound. If you can't go without it, that's bondage. Can you say Amen. But because it's switched and because, you know, it's no longer what it used to be, we look at it all, no, I'm okay now, I can handle it. Listen, don't forget your sin. Don't forget what had you bound at one time and think, well, now that I'm a little older, now I can. Listen, sin is still strong. Can you say amen? Our sins 
warn of the danger. In other words, the consequences we faced because of our sin, the heartbreaks, the valleys that we've been through. It warns us never go back to that state again. Deuteronomy 7.25, you shall burn the carved images of their gods with fire. You shall not covet the silver or gold that is on them, nor take it for yourselves, lest you be snared by it, for it is an abomination to the Lord. Verse 26, nor shall you bring an abomination into your house, lest you be doomed to destruction like it. You shall utterly detest it and utterly arbor it, for it is an accursed thing. Listen to it and do it. Listen to the scripture. He's like, you know what? Get rid of it all. Amen. Get burn it. Don't desire it, but don't bring it back to your house. Remember what it did to you. Remember the consequences of it and don't bring it back to the house or at least you be in destruction. In other words, church, don't forget what your sin did to you. Don't forget how it made you think. Don't forget how it made you act. Don't forget about the people it hurt. Our sin gives us warning. For every sin that we've committed, how many know we can think back to how it crept in? Maybe a lapse in spiritual things. No longer reading, no longer in fellowship. And from that, when we learn from that, we can see how not to be entrapped again. But our sin should also be a warning of what can happen to our children and our families. The things you're doing you can trace from your parents more than likely. You can trace from your background. You can trace from how you grew up. Listen to me, some of you mad right now. Let me, let me just get this out of the way right now before I continue. I don't care. <laughs> you can be mad. You can, what you mad for? What you mad for? If it's true, it's true. And it is what it is, but we're trying to get better. Can you say amen? But before you can work out on a machine, you need to know what the machine is. For every sin you've committed, you can think back how it crept in. But listen to me. Our sin is also a warning to what can happen to our children. Come on, somebody. What, what can happen to their children if we let it continue? The things that we had to deal with, the insecurities and the rejections and the abuses and all the things that we had to deal with and how that shaped and molded us, amen, and how that sin culminated with all that and all the crazy things that we got into that we don't want to share on the Saturday Night Extreme. You know, those things. You know, the things we don't want to share, the things we don't really want to talk about. To, listen to me. If we forget to, amen, where we were, our children could be in the same position. Lamentations 5 and 7, our fathers sinned and are no more, and, but we bear their iniquity. We must be mindful that we don't pass these things down to the next generation. And that's why it's, an, it's imperative that you remember what you were. You remember how you acted. You remember what sin did because you don't want to raise another you. Listen to me. It was to the point that I didn't want to name my child Andre because of all the stuff I've been through. My wife was like, name him Andre. I'm like, no. You, you, you want me to 
give you my testimony? I don't want to name him that. I can't. No, please, Lord, no, let it not be so. Mm-mm. But then she reminded me that I was born and saved and redeemed, and, and it's okay now. It's okay. But it was to that point that I don't want to, I don't, I don't forget where I come from, spiritually speaking. I don't forget what I used to do, and my goal was not to pass that down. But when we start forgetting, when you start forgetting what you were because you've been a certain way for so long. See, some of you here real polished. You know, you, you know how to tie a tie now. You know how to tuck in your shirt. You know how to iron. And what begins to happen is we get polished and we start forgetting. And now we see dirt. We're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. You're such a sinner. Like, really? Oh, you forgot. Ooh, I don't want to deal with that. You Did you forget the stuff we had to deal with with you? I've had people, listen to me, I'm, I always say I'm young old. And I can remember a lot of you coming in and me going, mm. you're going to have to help him, Lord. Because, <laughs> <laughs> we got some nuts up in here. We can act like that, can't we? Because we forget how we were. Because it's been so long since we've been that way. Don't forget your sin. Let's look secondly, how, to te- how can you testify? If you don't remember what you have done, if you don't remember what you were, there can be a breakdown of how you deal with people who are like you. Yeah, I'm going to preach tonight. So you might as well just, you know, you might as well just sit there at this point. You're already halfway in. When we begin to forget our sins and the things that we have done, we will begin to look at people or it's possible to look at people the wrong way. Why can't they get it together? Why can't they figure this out? The same reason why you couldn't figure it out. The, the, the same reason. How I many know we get like that? Why can't they just? What, what's so hard about this? You know what? I asked that same question about you 10 years ago. And we begin to forget. Now, let me add this for free. I am not saying tonight that when we look at people who are in habitual sin and we go, well, you know, I was. In. No, no, no. There's, there's a balance here. But what I'm saying is when we first see people and, and, and they've been coming for a time and, and, and they're struggling and trying to figure it out, to, we can look at them because we forgot how much we struggled in certain areas. And we begin to forget and we automatically think, well, you should just be where I'm at because this is where I'm at. We begin to forget how long it took you to get there, how much prayer it took, how many talks it took. I ain't talking to him no more. I'm done talking to him. Well, thank God somebody didn't say that about you. See, listen to me, church. We see it in 2 Samuel 12, verse 4. And a traveler, Nathan talking to David here. And a traveler came to a rich man who refused to take his own flock. 
uh, excuse me, who refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd to prepare one for the wayfaring man who had come in. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come in. Verse five. So David's anger was greatly aroused against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die and he shall restore fourfold for the lamb because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Verse 7, then Nathan, Nathan said to David, you are the man. Thus said the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. Here is David ready to kill a man, but it is revealed to him, you're the person. He forgot what he did. And when he heard it back, he went, oh. That man needs to die and he will restore everything. And Nathan goes, but it's you, David. See, you forgot that quick. And you're ready to cast judgment and destroy. But it's you. So do you expect that same punishment for yourself? See, folks, when we deal with people. Many times we are ready to cast down, judge and destroy. And we forget about grace. We forget. And we forget the grace that was bestowed upon us. Can you say amen? All the times we've messed up. All the times we've acted crazy. Listen to me. Don't, don't look at me like that. Because some of you. Huh? Don't look at me like that. We've acted crazy at times. We've said things we shouldn't have said. We did things we shouldn't have done. And listen to me, God showed grace. Can you say amen? Because there's still breath in your body. But when we forget that, when we deal with other people, now we just, oh, we cut off time. Judge them. Death. Death, pastor. Let's stone them outside. When you're dealing with people, it would be good to remember what you are. And what you were. And how people dealt with you. Matthew 7, 3 and 5. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you, even, how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. This is how we can be, folks. There is such thing as righteous judgment, and I believe we should execute that righteous judgment at times. But what I'm asking is, do you consider what you used to be at that moment? There have been plenty of people who I've worked with, and I'm like, is this how I acted? I remember I went to, I, I told this story, I think I told it to y'all. But I, I went to, when I, me and my dad reconciled, we, I went up there for a barbecue, and all my family was there. And these are family members I hadn't met on my father's side, my aunts, uncles, cousins, I don't know. I mean, they were all just there for some reason. I don't even know why. And we're just there, and, and we're at a table, and me and my dad are there, and, and, and so people are looking, just looking at us. They're just staring at us, and I'm like, okay. you Because know, you know how you don't know people, so you're like, what, what, like, what is this? Because you ain't going to rob me. Not without a fight. I don't know y'all, right? See, oh, um, see, y'all better than me. Yeah, I, y'all don't think like that. So I'm there, and I'm, you know, and I'm like, what? And his wife comes up, like, y'all act just alike. Y'all think alike. Y'all talk alike. Y'all sound alike. Now, mind you, me and my dad have never lived in the same house ever. Act just alike. And then my dad gets up and starts going to people in the barbecue and starts apologizing. And he goes, if I act like him, I'm sorry. 
He starts going to his wife. If I act like Andre, I'm sorry. Because now he's face to face with it. And now he knows how it feels when somebody's sarcastic. Now how he knows how it feels when somebody, you know, gets a little smart. Now he knows how it feels when somebody kind of combats him. It's me. And he's going around apologizing because he realizes what he is. <laughs> See, the attitude changed when he, that mirror was held like, man, this is what I used to be. This is what I am, and so I got to act a little differently. See, when you deal with people, when you see them in there, listen to me, when you see them, sometimes you go, you know what, I used to be just like that. How would I deal with me at this moment? If it were me, how would I deal with myself here? Because I remember my sin. Romans 15 and 1. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak. And do not please ourselves. The word scruples is the weakness of mind. It means in the Greek, or one who falters. See, some of you don't know how to deal with people who fall. And this is the issue. You don't know how to deal with people who fall because you forgot every time you fell. But if you would remember, like, when I fell, like, man, what did I need? I needed a phone call. Man, when I fell, what did I need? I needed somebody to pray for me. Man, when I fell, what did I need? I needed that brother to kick me in my butt. Not your brother. I mean like a, your dad explained it to you later. But you understand what I'm saying is that we had to think, man, when I was going, what did I need? And when you remember what sins you were and when you remember what it did to you, you'll act differently towards other people. And you'll have, a, you'll have a grace like, you know what, this is what I needed. Because I remember what, how I felt in this moment and in this time. The other part, as I move on here quickly, is listen to me, folks is how can you speak of Jesus without mentioning your sin? How, how does that work? How can you testify how great God is without mentioning your sin? Because it is that that testifies of his greatness, in part, is that he saved somebody like me. Who was this? Who was that? You know, listen to me, and I get that we have extreme testimonies. I understand that. Right? We don't want to get up here and really lay it out like, like, hey, y'all, my name is Andre, and I just want to tell you that I killed three people last year, but I want to tell you by the blood. <laughs> by the blood. Not their blood, but by the blood of Christ. Right? I understand that, and I, and I, and I, I get that. I respect that. I respect it. I do. But I'm talking about when you're on outreach. When the church isn't necessarily there as a crowd. Like those people who need to really hear what we used to say in Portsmouth, the other testimony. The, the real stuff. They need to hear that so that the greatness of God is that much more magnified. See, in other words, church, you shouldn't forget that. 
I'm not telling you to relive it. I'm not telling you to always carry it around like, like, a, like a bondage, but it should be carried around like when we read, when Jesus would tell people that were laying on beds, take up thy bed and walk. It speaks of a dominion when I talk about it. It speaks of a victory, not that it has me. Now I have it. Yes, I was abused. Yes, this happened to me. Yes, but it's no longer a hold on me because of the beauty and the blood of Jesus Christ. And this is why we don't just cast off and just forget, amen, but we use it to, as a tool to say, look, if Jesus can save me, if he can heal me, you think he can't heal you? You understand what I'm saying? Like, don't forget your sin in your testimony. Like, you're giving them the gospel, and I understand that, but you're just telling them Jesus resurrected, you know, he died, and his blood was shed for you, and you want to get saved? Uh, sure. Well, if you go, look, I was jacked up, I was, and I used to smack people, and now you'd kill people, and I did this. I mean, they'd be like, oh, okay. Really? You, you did all? Oh, no, but now I'm in ministry. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't go that far. If you kill people, don't tell them you kill people. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying is that there has to be that, that, that thing in us where we are willing to relinquish what we did so we don't forget about it. And for a side note, as I begin to wind this down, listen to me. Don't forget about it because it reminds you of what not to go back to. I don't want to go back to bondage. I don't want to go back to insecurities. I don't want to go back to rejections. I don't want to go back to being fearful. And so I'm always reminded and remind myself, uh, this is what you used to be, son. I have a picture that my niece sent me when she was in the hospital. Well, she was being born. And it's me in these, in these sweatpants, and I got the black bomber jacket on, and I got a do-rag on. I ain't wore a do-rag. I don't know how long I wore a do-rag. And I got this do-rag on, and I got my earring in, and I'm there like this, and I'm all skinny with this jacked-up mustache, and I'm looking going, I ain't going back to that. <laughs> Not because of the jacked-up mustache, but the other reasons. Because at that moment, when I look at that picture, I remember the sinfulness. I remember the mindset. Can somebody say amen? I remember those things. And so I say, God, thank you because that's not who I am anymore. But I'm going to use that amen as a tool. Like, this is what I used to be. And I'll let you in on the This is what I used to be. But this is what I am now. But I can't forget what I used to be. 2 Corinthians 2 and 3 and 2. You are epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Verse 3, clearly you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with the ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. We are living epistles, church. We are to be read, both good and bad. Because when they understand what you have been through and the sin that God saved you from, do you realize it gives other people hope? I can't tell you how many fatherless men that I've talked to 
And now me being a father and being able to tell them, listen to me, I didn't have a father either, but I had a heavenly father. Somebody shout amen. amen. And God can help you and God can deliver you and all the things that come with that. Why do they know that? Because I'm giving them my sin in a sense. I'm telling them this is what I was. And that gives people hope. That's what gives, listen to me. Pastor's birthday, I believe, was two years ago. I think Ms. Mona made this big collage. I think it was two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. And he doesn't know this. He's going to know it now. But I took a couple pictures because I'm like, I want to keep some of them. <laughs> Just for my own personal. There's this one picture. He's wearing a, a camouflage hat. He's like this. And so I'm looking at this picture. I said, I'm going to take this picture. Because <laughs> I'm like... I just can't imagine. And so, I, listen to me. At work, I looked at the picture. I was like, it's pastor, man. This is my pastor. He's like, this is pastor. Preached in Africa. I just pioneered. It's him. Gives hope. Like, God could use any of us. You need to look at some of your old pictures and be like, <laughs> look, at, look what he's using. But it gives other people hope, folks. Don't forget your sin. Don't forget your sin. Listen to what Paul says, and I'm closing. Paul says in 1 Timothy 1.12, and I think, Christ Jesus, our Lord, who enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, although I was formerly a blasphemer, a prosecutor, a persecutor, and an insolent man by obtaining mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I, of whom I am a chief. Paul is not holding back here. He is not going, well, you know, I used to do some bad things. He goes, hey, listen, oh, by the way, I was a persecutor of the brethren. Yeah, I killed them, yes. This was me. He's given it. He's not forgetting what he was. He is not forgetting what he has been saved from. And he's sharing this with his son in the faith, Timothy, Timothy. And this is why I can conclude and say that Christ, amen, came into the world to save sinners of whom I am a chief. Amen. That that, that was my whole life, that I'm the biggest of them all. And Christ saved me. How I many know oh, that doesn't, shouldn't bring condemnation? That brings hope. Can you say amen? And you should preach that hope and say, you know what? to me being the chief of sinners God saved me it should bring hope and it should bring hope not only to you at times it should bring hope to people around you Spurgeon said this if you are renewed by grace and you were to meet your old self I am sure you would be very anxious to get out of his company you should never forget your sin Because if you forget it, you can't see what you were. And without it, you won't see what you're becoming. See, we can look back at our sinful life and go, but look what God is making me into now, though. 
and we can begin to see the progression. This is why you can't X that out in our main text, verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, who you were once far off, have been brought near by his by the blood of Christ. We can see the regeneration through the blood of Christ. It is there that now we can glory in what God is doing in our own lives. Yes, I'm not a finished work, but I mean, I may not even be where I should be, but at least I'm not where I used to be. See, your sin reminds, amen, of how distant uh, you're becoming from your sin. When you think about what you used to be, you begin to realize the distance from that old person. Like, I don't even think like that anymore. I don't even do those things anymore. It's not even in my mind frame. It's not even in my heart to do it. Look how far removed I am from that old person. Of course, we know 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone in Christ... He is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. In remembering my sin, it shows me the power of God, not the power of my sin. It shows me the power of God. Because God saves. Can you say amen? And that's what it shows me. That's what it ultimately shows me. It's the power of God to save. To be able to renew my heart that was trash, and my mind that was even worse. My sin shows me that it no longer has dominion over me. In regards to sin, one of the best phrases that we can use is used to. I used to be into pornography. I used to be a fornicator. I used to be addicted to drugs. I used to do this. I used to do that. And our sin shows us you no longer have dominion. Don't forget your sin because you may very well forget where God has brought you from. Remember your bondage, but rejoice in your freedom. Can you say amen? It's not that you must dwell on your sin, but much more just keep mental reminders of where you were. Because it'll keep you humble, it'll keep you aware, it'll keep you sharp, and it will keep you sensitive. Frederick Douglass once said this, without a struggle, there can be no progress. See, that struggle that you dealt with before Christ, and even in Christ, but I'm talking about sin specifically, you begin to see, man, you know what? Look what God has done. Look at the things that have been, been defeated because of Christ. And now I'm being drawn near to God. Tonight, church, don't forget your sin. Don't forget where God has brought you from. And if I can just add this in, don't think you're too far removed to go back. Don't ever get prideful and think, well, you know, I'm, I've been saved for 30 years now, I'll, you know. I don't have to do what I did 30 years ago. Yes, you do. Don't ever think you're too far removed. Don't ever just get, you know, get haughty about it. Go, Man, I've been saved 20 years. The devil can't do nothing to me. Hey, you better, you better be very careful. Because that's when we start slipping, can you say amen? I'll leave you with a story. There was a boxer. He was, uh, well, he was training to be a boxer. Long story short, he gets framed for murder. 
spends 20 years in prison, gets out when he's 53. But he still has this thing, I want to be a boxer. So he starts training, and they begin to document his life. And he starts training. He gets, uh, uh, he gets permission from the uh, Nevada Commission of Boxing. He gets his boxing license. He passes the test. Had to go through all these rigorous things, pass the test. He, begin, he ends up fighting his first professional fight. Wins the fight. Beats the guy. He says, I'm retired. I'm one to know. I'm perfect. Afterwards, they interview him, and they go, man, look what you could have been had you not gone through that. Had you not gotten framed, had you not been in jail, man, you could have, who knows, you could be world champ, you could be this, that, and the third. And he stops the person and goes, no, 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 you know, you don't understand. I needed all that. And I'll never forget all those things that happened to me. Because it shaped me and molded me to be able to hear and un- hear from my coaches and be humble. Because before that, I was cocky. Before that, I thought I knew everything. Before that, I thought that I had it all together. But now coming out of that, I realized I need people. It changed my perspective. And so I actually needed that time. See, he didn't look and try to forget it. But he looked at it and said, you know what? I'll never forget that because... Look where it brought me to. What I'm saying to you is, we don't glorify our sin. We just go, you know what? All those things that happened, it led me right to Christ. It led me to hear the gospel. It it, it led me to, to, to want to get saved. It led me to raise my hand. It led me to an altar. Can you say amen? It led me to the King of kings and to the Lord of lords. It led me to my Savior. And so for that, I won't forget it. I'll just make sure I don't go back to it. Tonight, don't forget your sin. Let's bow our heads.